I wanted to do an advert for Anchor. This is the app that I'm actually using to do every episode of Analogy of the Sun. It's super freaking easy. Uh, it's also free. So couldn't get any better than that. If I can use this and I'm able to like put stuff on Spotify and all that, then you definitely can. If you've ever thought of just having a podcast for fun, like what I'm doing, then I would definitely suggest that you download Anchor now and they actually will upload it to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and things of that nature or those type of apps for you. Again, it's completely free. There's no minimum listenership that you have to have. Everything you need in one place to make a podcast. It is amazing. So if you've ever thought about having a podcast at all, just for fun, or possibly to add to your work or your business, then please go ahead and download Anchor today. Thanks for tuning in to another Analogy of the Sun podcast episode. I kind of wanted to do this episode. It's actually super early in the morning and I cannot sleep and everyone else is asleep. But I figured I'm sitting up and I'm thinking. And I kind of did this earlier today. Um, the funny thing is that the most like views, not really views, but the most plays I've had on the episode would, that I have is of the Josh Tugger episode, which is cracking me up, honestly. Um, and then, of course, the Anthony Bourdain, and then it kind of goes from there. But I wanted to kind of touch on this thought that I've kind of had throughout the day. Because um, I see a lot of people, you know, commenting on him and also commenting on the whole Rachel Hollis issue. Um... And that's really just because I'm already, you know, tapped into that. So that stuff pops up on my YouTube and it pops up on, you know, my Google and and all of those things. But um, I did see someone kind of comment like, I don't understand why people even follow these people. You know, they kind of have their own thought process on this. And... I only understand why people follow these people is because I think my personal opinion on this, and you can say I'm wrong and you can email me at A-O-T-S-P podcast at gmail.com if you want to. I would actually love for people to start emailing me there. I would love to get people's comments on the episodes I have and what you like and what you don't like. And I will try to take every, you know, comment with, um, you know, is, you know, constructive, constructively as I can, I guess. Um, but I, I know why people are interested in, at least in self-help quote unquote gurus, right? Like Deepak Chopra, who is someone I cannot stand, but I did at one point, you know, this is probably well over a decade ago. Um, but I did at one point, I did like those self-help quote-unquote gurus, and I was like a lot of other people, and I think the reason why is because you are, as a human being, we're all kind of just, I wouldn't say struggling, but I would say we're all kind of like just looking 
for someone who knows what they're doing (laughs) around us, you know, like you're looking for someone who's got it somewhat figured out, right? Because life is absurd. As, you know, Albert Camus would say, it's absurd. It's our life is absurdity to the max is what it is. And that's why he said, you know, imagine Sisyphus happy because that's what our life is. It's very monotonous. It's the same thing over and over and over again. And you have to imagine Sisyphus happy or you will go fucking insane. And that's why I love philosophy because it has helped me to not have to look for self-help gurus. But there was a time, like I said, in my life where I was searching for people that quote unquote knew something you know they they had an idea they had a clue you know because we all kind of just float around like looking for someone who acts like they have a fucking clue but I didn't come to a realization but I kind of I kind of broke it up in my head a little bit no one knows what's going on nobody does no one knows I don't give a shit if it's the greatest philosopher on the planet or if it's Deepak Chopra or if it's Rachel Hollis or if it's, you know, know, Tony Robbins or whoever. They don't know. They don't know. They have no idea. And I understand why everyone is searching for someone who says they know or they have somewhat of a clue but no one has any idea what's going on. And that's kind of the great thing about life. Honestly, that's kind of what it makes it such a beautiful thing is that everyone, you know, that's another reason why people grasp to religion and they grasp to those type of things because they want there to be a purpose and a meaning. You don't have to agree with me on this. I don't necessarily think there is a purpose and a meaning to everything, period. I don't. But, so I guess you would say I'm... I'm an existentialist and sometimes more of a nihilist than anything else. And if you listen to my episodes, then you would probably say, you, yes, you are a nihilist and you are a pessimist for sure. I totally am. And I will state that proudly. Yes, I am a nihilist and I am a pessimist. But I think there's something very beautiful in those things of no one knows what the fuck is going on. No one has a clue, and that's fine. And here's the thing is, even if you have a clue what's going on in your life, that does not mean at all, by any stretch of the imagination, you have any idea or have a clue what's going on in my life. And like when I talked about in the Josh Duggar episode about the platinum rule, which is treat others how they want to be treated, not treat others like you want to be treated, which is the golden rule, which is a bullshit rule. Because you don't know what someone else has gone through. And you could have gone through the exact same thing as someone else. The exact same thing. Let's say when you were five, you were molested and they were also molested when they were five. Or their dad left when they were six and your dad left when you were six. You could have almost the exact same life. A very mirror image, let's say, of a life. But that doesn't even mean that they would be reacting to things the same as you. Or that the things that work for you would work for them. Because there are other things that are, there are factors. It could be um, chemical makeups. It could be, you know, mental illness. It could be just little things. 
because it could be how their dad used to talk to them might be slightly different than how your dad used to talk to you before he left or whatever. That's the thing. You could have such a similar mirror image of a life with someone, but what works for you is not going to work for them. And I think that's what people need to realize is that no one has it all figured out. No one knows what the fuck is going on. No one will ever be able to help you help yourself like you can help yourself. You know what I mean? No one is ever going to be able to help you like you can help you. You can take bits and pieces of religion or spirituality or philosophy or even self-help gurus, which I think at the end of the day, to me, honestly, it's just a money-making business because I believe it's like a $6 billion business. It's just a lot. And to me, it just seems like a way to make money off of people that are just grasping at straws and wanting help. Because they don't necessarily want to go to a therapist, but they don't necessarily really... They just want someone to tell them that everything's going to be okay. And they do want to work on it, but... It's a lot of work to work on shit, too. And sometimes just the woo-woo way of talking to someone... And I'm not saying Tony Robbins is woo-woo because he tends to, in my personal opinion, be way too aggressive with how he does talk to people. And it kind of does borderline on um, a little too sexual, in my personal opinion. Which I think I mentioned in the Rachel Hollis episode. But... This is going to be probably a quick episode, but I really just wanted to get this out is that I feel like you only know what's best for you. And sometimes you don't even know. And I understand that. And that's why you're grasping for things and you're trying to find someone who possibly knows more than you. And it's going to take you time. It's, it's a guessing game. It's a, it's, you know, it's kind of a trial and error. Like, okay, I'm going to try this and see if maybe thinking like this or Maybe trying to journal or trying to, you know, figure out what happened to me is making me do this or whatever. It's trial and error. I can tell you it's happened, it's worked for me, and I didn't mention this in the Josh Duggar episode, is to figure out what your, what your default setting is in your brain. So when you see an image or you hear a phrase or you hear a word or you whatever, or you get into a situation where it's, you know, it might be like a confrontation or, or maybe it's not confrontational, but maybe it's, you know, positive or whatever. Notice what your, what your default setting is. What does your brain automatically go to when someone says a phrase to you or when there's a confrontational, um, situation or when there's a positive situation, a celebratory situation, what is your automatic default setting in those situations or with those phrases or with that attitude or with that person if you just sometimes that alone will help you out so much and it's helped me out and trust me I am far from being done or perfect or I I have a lot of work to do on myself and we all do because there's no fucking booklet there's no instruction instruction manual you're not born with one because no one knows what the fuck is going to happen to you No one knows how things are going to work. No one knows how your brain's going to be wired. And no one knows how your brain is going to continue to wire itself or how you're going to wire your own brain, making pathways and whether you're going to sharpen or dull your critical thinking. 
So no one knows these things because it's you can't foresee those things. No one knows what trauma you're going to go through. No one knows what successes you're going to have or failures. So it's up to you to know and how to perceive those and how to look at those and kind of break them down and look at them kind of like a jigsaw puzzle and think, okay, well, this happened and this and then, and then I thought this and then I said this and that probably shouldn't have been said. So, so then this happened and then they reacted this way and then I reacted this way and maybe if I look back, if okay, so that's a trigger. Like, I hate the word trigger, but if you look, you're like, okay, well, my default setting was to go here when really normally that's not what I should have done like I should have said this instead of this and it's it's a lot better if you just instead of just going through life being like well that's just who I am well no it's not just who you are you can change it if you want to like I'm just a bitch or I'm just an asshole well yeah you you probably are but there's ways of kind of toning it down from like turning the knob down from it being like an eight to like a three in certain situations when the situation calls for you to be a raging bitch, then go right ahead for sure. If the if the situation calls for it, but if it you look back on it and you're like, mm, situation probably didn't call for it, then you probably should sit down and assess your actions and your vocabulary and the maybe the cadence and you know of how you spoke and you know the tone. And, you know, maybe how loud you got, like just those type of things. And that alone will help you. I don't think a lot of people even want to do that. It's just what, when you're in a situation or you see something on TV and you get upset at it and no one else in the room is getting upset about it, you might want to sit back and go, okay, why did I just get upset about that but no one else did? Okay, what happened in my life that made me automatically, my default setting is to be outraged at that type of scene or that type of, you know, that type of speech or whatever, you know. I think that would help a lot of people out and hopefully, possibly give less money to people who are trying to make money off of us because we think that we need to be perfect or happy all the time or the perfect wife, the perfect mother, you know, and what the fuck is perfect anyways? Is perfect this cookie cutter, Stepford wife, stay at home, Donna Reed, Mary Tyler Moore in the Dick Van Dyke show, like, form? Is that what we're supposed to be as women? And for a man, is it this very masculine, the man goes and makes all the money and he comes home and, you know... And there's food on the table and you know he's the one that does all the hard quote unquote hard work in the house he's the one that does all the remodeling he's the one that cuts the grass he's the one that does all this stuff takes the trash out is that is that what we we feel like that's what it needs to be because we all know i would think as of now being 2021 that that's not true there are plenty of husbands that stay home there are plenty of wives that make more money there are plenty of you know same-sex couples that do both it's just they some stay home and work and some stay home and take care of the kids and some work and some it's just it doesn't it whatever works for you is what it should be and it's sometimes it's hard when you live in a society as ours to figure out what that is but definitely if it's working for you and you feel great about yourself don't fucking apologize for it 
don't ever apologize for who you are. Whether people like it or not. And if you're not hurting anyone and you're happy and you and your spouse are happy and you your kids are happy and everything's kosher and everything's everyone's healthy and happy, then don't apologize for it. Neither. Don't feel like you need to apologize for it. If you have an open marriage, don't feel like you need to apologize for it. If you don't have an open marriage, don't apologize for that either. You know, I feel like we put ourselves in these, we have to be perfect. We have to be this, we have to be that. And that's why the self-help, you know, propaganda likes to, you know, continues to be perpetuated of you have to be perfect. You have to be this, you have, everyone's fucked up. We're all fucked up. We all are. No one is not crazy. We are all crazy. That's it. That's all it is. You're crazy. I'm crazy. I might be a little bit more crazy in certain situations than you would be. And you might be a little bit more crazy in certain situations or certain departments than I would be. It just depends on what's happened in your life and how you react to things. And that's all it is. I feel like we all are just trying to fix ourselves. And in reality... Is there really anything that needs to be fixed to begin with? 